Welcome to Fierce Female Radio. I'm your host, Estelle, from FierceFemaleCo.com, your female empowerment coach. If you're ready to dive in deep and learn all the tips, rituals, and insights to help you let go of the old version of yourself and unleash your inner fierce, then you are in the right place. This is your space for uncut and real conversations with real women about all things, dreams and desires, mindset, holistic wellness, balance, and spirituality. Hey guys, what's up? It's Estelle here, your host, your empowerment coach, and the founder of Fierce Female Co., where we are all about activating your inner queen energy and helping you leave behind basicness and live a life of fulfillment and purpose instead. Guys, I'm excited to be here with you. Happy Friday, Tuesday, Monday, Saturday, whatever day of the week it is for you. This episode is so, so juicy. I'm very excited to get into it. But before we do, I thought I'd share with you our fierce female tip of the week. So one thing that I have been really conscious and mindful to start doing is when I have a shower to actually use that time as a form of self-care. Because to me, having a shower is like cleansing. It's rejuvenating, especially if you have it at the end of the day. It's like you're clearing all of that energy throughout the day and allowing yourself to be intentional about how you want to feel for the rest of the evening. And so one thing that I've been doing in the shower is saying out loud when my husband isn't around, um, 10 things that I'm grateful for. And so I repeat this in the shower and sometimes 10 things sounds like, okay, that would be really hard to um, to think of, but that's the whole point, right? We're forcing, we're reprogramming our mind to pay attention to things that we're grateful for, the things that give us joy, the things that give us love, as opposed to what is going wrong in our life. So 10 things that I'm grateful for. And then I follow that up with some I am mantras. So I am radiant. I am fierce. I am love. I'm glowing. I'm powerful. I'm abundant. I love in particular to use I am statements because it really just affirms the embodiment of that, of that thing that you're bringing in as opposed to I am, I will be, I feel like it's just this, it's just an embodiment. And I just feel like it's like, I am powerful. I am fierce, full stop, no questions asked. So a really, a really good hint or really good tip if you're wanting to Use that time in the shower for a little bit of empowerment and self-care, guys. And speaking of empowerment, we're going to be giving you all the tools for empowerment in this episode. Um, But I also wanted to share with you um, our Fierce Female shout out. So recently I've been, I don't know if you guys have been experiencing this too. I feel like in 2020, I have been really curious and inspired to focus a lot more on my health and And part of that is really, there's so much information out there, right? And part of it is really tuning into what do you feel is resonating with you? Where do you feel it's important for you to start or to focus your energy on when it comes to your health? Because of course, health is is a a massive area, um, especially when you're looking at holistic health. It's not just our nutrition. It's not just our exercise. It's our movement. It's our energy. It's the way that we feel. It's everything. And so for me... What helps me is to look at who are people in the industry that I feel inspired by and how are they sharing their message about health and what are some things that they um, recommend that I can adopt in my life. 
and really kind of taking an intuitive conscious approach when it comes to your health as opposed to what the trends are, what looks good, you know, really just starting with um, what you want and being really intentional first. And so for me, I am really inspired by Dr. Christian Gonzalez. He is um, really inspiring. He's really incredible. I heard him first on the Skinny Confidential podcast, the Him and Her Skinny Confidential podcast. And he's got his own podcast. Like he's just amazing from his like morning routines to like just all of the resources and information he gives on what types of um, food to consume and what to look at and ingredients and tips and hacks and um, wellness methods. I just think he's, yeah, just got a really beautiful holistic approach. So someone to check out if you're wanting to dive deeper in your own wellness journey in 2020. Okay, guys. So I'm excited because we have the beautiful Maria Thatchell joining us on the pod. She is such a force. She's so powerful. And we have a really important conversation in this episode about diversity, about confidence, about beauty. We really cover so many spectrums. And Maria is a content creator. She's a model. She's an inclusion advocate. And Specifically, in this episode, we talk about her journey from content creator to model to Miss Universe finalist. Oh my goodness, seriously. Um, We talk about how we can all start to celebrate diversity in all aspects of our life. We talk about practical ways that each and every one of us can start to educate ourselves and be an ally for diversity in our own life and in our everyday life, despite whether you have a social platform or not how to cultivate confidence and show up for yourself even if you're scared, the power of reprogramming your subconscious beliefs, how to use beauty as a tool for empowerment, and Maria's beauty hacks for 2020, guys. I have a girl crush. She's adorable. Um, We've really, really connected on so many different levels, and I'm just so excited to share this with you because we really do talk about some important conversations, and Maria doesn't gloss over things. She goes deep. She gets real, and that's the type of babes that I want on this podcast. So, yeah, I'm excited. Tune in. If you have any, you know, if you want to DM me, let me know what you think. I love hearing from you, babes, when you message me about the podcast. And, you know, it really, I find it really interesting to know what inspires you and what you want to hear more about. So please DM me. Let me know the feels. Um, I'm at Fierce Female Co. And I'm excited to bring you this episode, guys. Enjoy. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Fierce Female Radio. Today we have the gorgeous Maria Thatil joining us on the show. She is a digital creator, a speaker, a model, an inclusion advocate. She also happens to be Miss Universe Australia's top 20 finalist and is the host of the Mind With Me IG Empowerment Series. Welcome to the show, beautiful Maria. Oh my God, what an intro. <laughs> That's very, very humbling, but also I like the hype. That's it. That's it. I'm here to serve, girlfriend, here to make you feel good. I love it. I love it. How are you, beautiful? I am good. I'm so good. We were chatting for like 20 minutes before and I'm like, we could seriously just keep talking for another four hours. Yeah. It was so, so, so excited to dive into this conversation with you while it's recorded. And we're going to kick off with some rapid fire questions. If that feels good for you on this Friday afternoon. Oh, of course it does. Let's go get into it. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Number one, most importantly, what is your favorite Beyonce song? Crazy in love. I walk like I'm in a music video when I'm listening to it. 
Oh my God, you actually kind of look like her. You actually Stop, kind of I'll look like it. her in that video clip. I I'll just had the vision, you know, walking down the... Have you like yeah. done something like that on your IG? There's something connecting that for me. But I, I haven't, but actually one of my walks that I had just filmed for the Miss Universe final, the look is very similar to hers and I'd be lying if I said I was not inspired. <laughs> so I'll, just channeling Beyonce. Just trying to shadow Beyonce. Just give me one tenth of her amazingness. Yeah. <laughs> so good. That is, that is definitely the feel-good song, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. Sure is. So good. So good. And Maria, what does your morning ritual look like? Can you talk us through it? And we like to get specific here. Oh, amazing. And this is something I've become super conscious of recently. So in Mm. lockdown morning ritual, I do not like to pick up my phone for the first half an hour of the morning because, you know, it's like I read something once and I think it was in a Jay Shetty book, but it was, it's like letting a hundred strangers into your room before you've had a chance to brush your teeth, wash your face, you know, brush your hair. So I leave my phone, I wake up, I like to pull the blinds and whether it's raining, sunny, I really love to just sit there consciously and think about, okay, what am I going to do with the day? What am I grateful for? And that's something I like to fall asleep thinking about as well. Then my morning is not complete without a strong almond latte. First thing after my water, have some cereal. I go for a run with my dog and then I get into work. I'm trying to build meditation in, but I've been a little bit slack lately, but the rest of it, I think in terms of being super present, first thing in the morning that always primes my mind for the day oh so good i love all of those things and what type of dog do you have a german shepherd who is a angel from heaven as well so (laughs) So cute i recently got a dog so all of a sudden i've become like a dog person and just ask all those questions what did you get get? (laughs) um i got a samoyed husky oh beautiful she's like white she's like the Amazing. most cutest thing ever it seriously does change you having a dog like my friends are like wait are you even a dog person I was like yeah. no I'm not but she is my you know she's now I'm all of a sudden become a dog person and whenever I see a little dog and I'm or big dog or whatever I always just get like I don't know I gushy whether before I just <laughs> wouldn't really care <laughs> yeah I feel like once you have to have a dog and to have that connection to sort of understand now I get it when people say they would die for their pets like I yeah. really really get it totally <laughs> it's like yeah yeah 100% and also one thing that that you said I love your morning routine and I love that um you know you're you're you make sure that you don't check your phone um, for the first half an hour of the day. I just, I echo that. I think that's so important because you just, you just become really reactive to everyone yeah. else's energy and yes, just throws you off. Is. So I'm so, I think that's so good. Okay. Yeah. And you know what I found really helpful, totally take it or leave it. But w- what I found really helpful when I was starting my meditation practice is um this, it's like, it's actually quite long, but it's guided. It's, it might be like a 15 minute guided meditation from, mm-hmm. The founder of uh, Mind Valley, his name is um, Vishan Lakiani. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've actually just got his book, I believe. Yeah. The in the Badass. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got, a, he's got a couple. Yeah, yeah. That's a great book. And he does this, like, I think you can just YouTube it. And it's like, if you just Google his name and the meditation, Vishan Lakiani meditation, it's like on YouTube and it's like a 15 or 20 minute meditation, but it is really guided. And he goes through this like six phase approach where you're like 
focusing on gratitude, your ideal day, your manifestations, like all of this thing. And it's just helped me um, get into that space of, of meditating without overthinking it. And I don't know, it was just a good, it was, I recommend it. I'm going to know because I think guided meditations always end up being the thing that for me, I used to overthink it and think, how am I going to suppress thoughts for X amount of time? Whereas it's more about how do I focus on breath work and use that to sort of shift my, my nervous system and to set my tone for the day? Like a hundred percent. I've already made a little mental note. I'm going to go check that out. I love it. So good. Okay. And what's one book that you would want every woman to read? Undoubtedly Becoming by Michelle Obama. So that book, I just think for me, one of the biggest things that I'm, I often talk about is, I guess, you know, irrespective of your beginnings, however humble, your past and your circumstances, they do not dictate what you can do with your future. And I think her story and the way she articulates her beliefs with conviction, it just makes you realize that even if a space doesn't exist for you, you can make that space. It is such an empowering read. Have you read it? You know what? I actually haven't, but I have it in, on my bookshelf. And so you just inspired me to grab yeah. it, dust it off and read it because it is. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. I'm going to read it. I wasn't sure if it was good because no one I know has read it. Yeah. So I'm glad that that's okay. Amazing. I mean, she's inspiring in itself, right? So I can imagine oh, yeah. the book would be an story of, of um, her journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. So good. And so what fierce female are you crushing on right now and why, Maria? Well, the fierce female that I'm crushing on is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And I think, you know, she's the youngest congresswoman in America. And I understand Mm. that at the moment it's a really sensitive political climate. I just think irrespective of whether you identify with the policies they're putting forward or things like that, her as a person, again, it's overcoming those humble beliefs, um, those humble beginnings, sorry, and it's taking innate self-belief. It's being so rooted in your intention that you back it with action and relentless drive. And she's been able to go from, you know, bartending and having these beliefs about what you know, life should be like for the community there. And she's been able to sort of catapult herself into this position where she can advocate on a national scale and drive change, you know, across the country. And I think the story itself is so empowering. She, in the face of bullying, in the face of criticism, she's still taking up space. And I think that to me is really remarkable and very, very inspiring. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. She's, I watched a documentary. I can't remember where or how I watched it. She's, she's pretty incredible. Yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. So good. Okay. Well, before we talk about all the things, Maria, I'd love for you just to share with us a little bit about your journey as a model and digital creator and how, how this all kind of happened. And and was this something that you always aspired or, or dreamed of becoming or doing? It's funny you ask that because I I recently was speaking to somebody about that and honestly, no, it never was. I used to be a very type A planned kind of girl. I was very, very um, academically inclined. So like for me growing up, it was cool. I'm going to do my psych degree. I'm going to then go through the whole six years. I'll become a clinical psychologist and that's my career. And then slowly sort of started, you know, taking up space on social media. I ended up doing a makeup qualification because growing up, I never had anyone able to do my makeup and and cater to my skin tone. So I did a makeup qualification because I actually just wanted to learn how to do it for myself. 
And then I started just sharing little tips on social media. And I did not expect that that would organically build a bit of an audience. And the reason that happened is because at the time, mind you, this is like three, four years ago, there weren't many South Asian, you know, brown Australian women taking up space in these realms here. Like we had maybe one or two we could look to in America. And then every now and again, I'd share tips and this and that, and people would listen. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's a, there's an interest for this. And then I started to think more on the why and I started to reflect on my experiences and I realized that what I was doing was what I needed to see growing up. So that was how, you know, sort of delved into the digital creation. And then I started working with Australian brands and built a bit of a community. But modeling is something that is still super new to me. I only did, you know, my first campaign last year and it it took a lot to overcome very, very limiting self-beliefs to be able to show up in that capacity. Because for me, like modeling, you know, it was traditionally this thing where you needed to meet height requirements. And particularly in the Australian landscape, you know, you didn't see a five foot three women of color showing up in that space. So I think what you see and when there's a lack of representation, it really does affect, I guess, your ideas around your own prospects. It made me think, well, for me to be successful, I need to go down the conventional route. But because I started just taking a bit of a plunge and stepping outside my comfort zone and just saying yes to these opportunities, I think it enabled me to not only find a bit of confidence in myself, but it changed the way that I guess I conceived of my career goals. And now it's evolved into something that, you know, years ago, I never would have ever, ever thought I could aspire to. So I guess my journey has kind of been a mix of taking risks, trusting my gut and saying yes, even when I was scared to say yes. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love, I love that you said that you wanted, you ended up being the woman that you needed to see. And I think that is so powerful because you saw the gap. You saw that there's opportunities here that people want to see women of color of different heights, of different shapes, of different, you know, identities. And, you know, part of you, and also like every single woman, like we, we care about, not every single woman, but women care about things when it comes to their confidence, when it comes to their beauty, like we want to have mentors, we want to have people to aspire to be, and we want to be able to connect to those people. And I think that's just, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful way that you're able to do that. And how cool that you kind of allowed those things to unfold because you didn't know that modeling was something that you wanted to do. You just trusted that, you know, you're being guided towards that path. And can I just say, you would not know that you've only just done your first campaign last year. You look like a pro, total pro. (laughs) Thank you. And I think, you know, that's the, and that's the thing, like I'm very big on, you know, even when I was scared to take up space in these arenas because I hadn't seen people who look like me doing it you know often I, I realized because I was building a bit of that that social community in the digital content creation space as well that there was an appetite for it and I realized that people were watching so I thought if I allow my fear to stop me from doing these things I'm letting them down too it's not just about me anymore because I realized that it wasn't just like young girls who looked like me or young boys who looked like me. It was, you know, people, the generation before me saying, I'm so glad my kid has someone to be able to look to. And it's, and it's like, Oh my goodness. Like you just don't realize when you are yourself, when you allow yourself to be yourself, you don't know who you're inspiring and who you're liberating and enabling them to do the same thing in their own life. So yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Especially like to that point, like you also share, 
you know, the thing that I love about your platform as well and, and the way that you communicate is that you share a lot of vulnerability and a lot of realness on your social platform yeah. about really important topics. And, yeah. you know, as well as makeup, as well as beauty, you also talk about diversity, racism and being an ally. And so I'd love, I guess, if you could just talk to how how we can start to shift our subconscious beliefs and really start to celebrate diversity in all facets of life, in all, in all industries, instead of seeing it as a limitation, because that's still something that uh, we as a collective have not achieved. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I've been reflecting on this a lot, particularly this year, because we've seen that, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement, it is so important and it is it has been really a bit of a catalyst for driving these conversations in these different arenas. It, it matters a lot. And it has made, I guess, you know, the climate a little bit tense and a little bit, you know, uncomfortable for a lot of people because we're facing things that, you know, for a long time, society has been able to go on just sweeping this under the rug. And, you know, it, it's been easy for people who have been marginalized to continue to be oppressed and to not have their voices heard. So now all of a sudden it's like, okay, what do we do in, in the face of all this tension and these conversations? And I think it starts by firstly getting to the root of these ideas about differences because I think that when you look at negativity towards diversity and we're talking about differences, I think that negativity is rooted in fear. And most negativity is, right? It's either, you know, a fear of disrespect. So it's, okay, differences, are we stepping outside of dominant and accepted norms, cultures and standards? Or it's a fear of, you know, not being loved and that by somehow accepting differences, it's going to take away from us somehow. And I don't mean us as in me. I'm just saying, you know, the dominant group, the collective group, you know, as opposed to marginalized communities is embracing their differences going to take away from, you know, someone else. Or it can come from a fear that, you know, if we embrace differences, are bad things going to happen? Are we diluting, you know, what's accepted by allowing, you know, just diversity of, of ways of life, of thoughts, of cultures, of beliefs. So I think realizing that, first of all, negativity towards diversity is coming from a place of fear as opposed to faith. And that's a really important recognition. But then realizing when you've got fear-based ideology and you try and counter that and you're trying to push diversity with fear-based tactics, you know, trying to scare people into change, change or else. We need diversity. We're not doing good enough. Like negative energy, breeding more negative energy does not create transformational change. So I think for me, you know, when I think about challenging harmful beliefs, I think it needs to be done through education, through open, respectful, and I think really objective dissection of ideas and perspectives and we need to get to the root of why people believe what they believe but I also think ultimately you know you can't force everyone to celebrate diversity or force people to change their views but it's still important to take a brave bold and open approach to objectively and intelligently talking about why this matters because then you galvanize more people to speak and you see a power in unity so you know I think that's really, really important. It's thinking, well, where do I have my influence? And you can either take the fear-based tactic of shouting at people, change or else, or you can speak openly, intelligently and bravely, and people can unite with you to drive that forward. And then I also mm. think we need trailblazers in different arenas and spheres. I mean, you said it yourself, it, it, it's in media, it's in politics and business and fashion. You know, I think 
A case in point, if we look at Fenty, for example, as a brand, you know, they've got the Savage line and they've got the Beauty line. With Savage, they came out with the lingerie show that, you know, flied in the face of everything that we have ever seen before, you know, very different to the typical VS and what's been glorified. With mm. Fenty Beauty, they've got foundation that caters to everyone. Brands haven't been doing that. And when they came out and they showed people why, instead of just telling people you're wrong change, when you show people why, they're more likely to adapt and evolve. So those are some of the ideas that I have around, okay, how can we challenge these ideas that diversity is a limitation? I love that so much because it's like you're showing people or your advice is around how can we be the example? Yeah. How can we how can we inspire people to think a different way, whether it's by educating or being or making those decisions that will, that will, I guess, have people thinking about things from a different perspective. And I think it's also, it's so interesting, right? Because it's like, it's uncomfortable for people. And so that, um, that discomfort is they're allowing the, they're allowing that to be bigger Mm. than any change they're willing to make. Right. And I, also think that yeah. I just want to acknowledge and respect that for some communities, like right now, aggression and the reason there is so much aggression when it comes to talking about diversity is because for some communities, it's literally a matter of life and death. And I think like, I, I really understand that. I think mm. for myself and, and I guess where I sit on the spectrum and where I see myself as being somebody who wants to drive change, for me talking about diversity, whether it's in you know corporate job, whether it's in, in fashion, beauty, in, in whatever it is, I believe in doing it through telling people, in showing people the way instead of telling them, yeah, you know, you just, you need to do this because you're wrong. You're wrong. This is it. You're wrong. It's, well, let me show you how we can actually do things that, you know, are more mutually beneficial. This is why it'll grow us as opposed to what you're doing is wrong, you know? Yeah, totally. And I do think, you know, when we're talking about, this is like a whole other conversation. It's very, I know, right? When we're talking about, okay, absolute right and wrong. And I think in certain situations with diversity, it is such a spectrum and, and matters pertaining to diversity and discrimination. It is such a sensitive topic and it reaches far and wide. And there are some situations where, you know, a lack of belief in the importance of diversity can manifest in very harmful Um, manifestations of this and it can like I said it can be a matter of life and death so in situations like that there are just blatant violations of human rights and yeah like it's absolutely wrong and I just think you know addressing that it starts with undoing unconscious bias it starts with looking at our own internalized beliefs I just think that when it comes to getting people to do that and to be willing to analyze that um, it's going to take a lot more than, you know, pointing a metaphorical, like, you know, gun to the head and saying, you just got to do this or else. I think we need people to be willing to understand, okay, well, what am I actually thinking? Why do I think what I think? You know, what is their merit in potentially considering an alternate perspective? So, you know, calling in, I think that's really important. So powerful. So powerful. And what would you say have you found to be, some practical and simple ways that we can, I guess, open up this conversation and start to become allies. And, um, you know, you spoke about education. What are some kind of practical ways people can go about doing that that might not necessarily have a a platform, but just in their day-to-day life? 
Absolutely, absolutely. I think, you know, to become an ally, like speaking about that, for example, um, I think it really starts with acknowledging something that's pretty uncomfortable and that we are all born into a society that conditions us to be racist. And I think there are a lot of misperceptions around what, what, is, what does it mean to be racist? Because realizing that being racist doesn't necessarily mean being hateful in your actions or your words or intentions, it's quite uncomfortable because it means that you realize you're part of a system that's been you know, built and, and nurtured from generations ago that seeks to benefit some groups and oppress others, right? And we see that oppre oppression manifesting very differently today than it did hundreds of years ago. Um, and just because it's not so extreme and clear in the intention, racism still very much so exists today. You know, we see it in, in disproportionate incarceration rates. We see it right here in Australia. You know, it still affects us. So I think acknowledging that, okay, I don't need to be actively hateful to be un you know, unwittingly participating in a racist society. And then acknowledging that it opens up awareness on, well, how do I be anti-racist? And it's thinking there are certain things that I can do to, I guess, become more aware of how I'm benefiting from the system or potentially things that I'm doing that are upholding, you know, this system of systemic discrimination against certain groups. So I think um, it's about being responsible for your own education and not relying on people who are black, indigenous or people of color to drive that or, or, and beyond just, you know, race diversity, we're talking about other marginalized communities, whether it comes to looking at body inclusivity, whether it comes to looking at people who identify as having a disability, people who belong to the LGBTIQ community, it's, it's, there are marginalized communities everywhere we look and it's a privilege to not have to think about this every day. So the first thing to do is not switch off be committed to learning about where you sit on the spectrum and how it benefits you and then being really mindful of the space you take up when it comes to diversity and matters around different groups so choose to consume and amplify voices consciously you know um i think then when it comes to how what are practical things we can do every day you had asked i think take responsibility in your own circles of influence because activism doesn't mean just posting on social media. It's not even necessarily something as outward as, you know, protesting in the streets. It, you can be an activist and just be the person in your family having the uncomfortable but necessary conversations to break cycles of oppressive and toxic beliefs. You know, you could be donating, petitioning, supporting, you know, businesses that are owned by marginalized groups that's all activism and it's all very tangible ways to do that. So I think it's learning, you know, in a nutshell, yeah, well, I need to face the reality of how I benefit from, you know, a system that does discriminate against some group and not others. I need to be responsible for my own education and I need to practice activism as a daily commitment in my own life. So mm, that is so powerful. And thank you so much for breaking it down like that, because like you said, this is a big conversation. We could, yeah, it can be discussed for hours and hours, but I think that's so profound and important, those, those few things that you've mentioned there in terms of how people can start to take actions in yeah. their own life and start to make shifts within their own day-to-day -day life on their own scales. And I think like one of the things that I found to be really important that you mentioned is acknowledging your privilege yeah. and just really kind of sitting with that and, um, as well as the education piece. And this is the thing where like we are, we have the ability to do our own education if we don't know because we haven't been taught at school or we haven't been, uh, we haven't made ourselves um, 
you know, haven't done the research historically, that doesn't mean we, we can't be empowered with that information now. So how can we be resourceful? How can we get up to speed yeah. on things that we're not aware of? It doesn't like, so I think that's also just so powerful for people to understand that we can have our own voice, but it's, it's important to back that up with, with some, with some research and education. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because the voices are there, the educators are there, they've always been there. It's just they haven't been amplified. So how do you seek them out? How do you amplify those voices? I think that's really important. Absolutely. Oh, so good. So good. And just taking it down a different a different pathway, I just in the way that you're speaking now and the way that you kind of show up in you know, your modeling career in your beauty industry and social media, like there has to be a certain level of confidence for putting yourself out there like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's physically, um, emotionally, I, and I imagine that there would be an added layer to that, given the fact that stereotypically you didn't fit in with what that model cookie cutter model profile kind of looks right. And so can we talk a little bit about confidence, right? And how you have strengthened your confidence over time and what advice you would give to someone who is struggling to put themselves out there? A hundred percent. And I think, you know, developing self-confidence in a world and in a society that has conditioned you through every medium to tell you that you are not enough and that there's always something you can do to be good enough. You know, that creates a gap between your current state, who you are, and then the desired state, what you should be. And naturally so, that eats away at that belief that, you know, you are enough. So for me, you know, have strengthening that confidence was a daily commitment. It's not an an overnight thing. Um, And it it was showing up when I didn't feel like showing up. So for me, I guess, like I said, I started out and I really do credit my, what I've been doing on social media a lot here because it created an element of accountability, which, you know, I don't think is necessary, but this is just my journey. Right. So I started putting Mm. myself out there and speaking organically and candidly. And believe me, I had pushback from even my closest friends when I first started putting myself out there where, uh, you know, I had some friends who didn't really understand social media and a lot of people didn't back then. And they would say things like, oh, you know, you're posting a lot and you're talking a lot about things that might make you come across as vain, you know, do you you ever worry about that? (laughs) And it started with, you know, having to firstly deal with those voices right from my own circle that were telling me to do or be something that was conflicting with what I was feeling naturally pulled to do. So I think a really big thing when it comes to confidence is you need to be able to not internalize what other people tell you about what you should be, about whether you're enough or about, you know, what I guess success looks like or or what you should be aspiring to. So when I started speaking organically on these things, I was sharing not only, oh, you know, I'm feeling so good. That's why I'm putting myself out here. I was sharing when I wasn't feeling good enough as well. It was very honest, raw. And I think the people who've been following me for years have seen that relationship with myself evolve in terms of the kind of things that I'm speaking about too. Because I realized that I had a community that needed me to do what I was doing. So I'll give you an example, Estelle. When I, I did my first a beauty campaign in October last year. And I was a face of a beauty brand in Australia, which was huge for a South Asian woman because we just don't see it. But on the day of the shoot, it was May, I remember that we shot the campaign. I remember having this overwhelming sense of imposter syndrome. 
And it's this thing that we do when we start to self-sabotage, when we do break out of those beliefs that serve to keep us small. And I feel like a lot of people who are on that journey to healing that relationship with themselves, they're starting to realize, okay, it's not an upward trajectory. Sometimes you go back and forth and back and, and sideways and it's hard. So here I am, like I was making a significant step forward in my career. And the whole day I was thinking, I don't deserve to be here. Why would, why would they want me as the face of their, you know, like you start to talk down to yourself and that confidence starts to diminish. And I spoke about that. But then I realized, you know, I really have to do this. And even though I don't feel like showing up, I'm going to show up. And then after that campaign went live, I was inundated with messages from people, you know, who were messaging me and saying things like, I never in, you know, my, my lifetime, like people older than me, never in my lifetime would have thought I would see someone who looks like me fronting an Australian beauty brand as a face of a campaign. I can't wait for my kids to grow up having someone like you to look up to. It was messages like that. And I realized that sometimes you just have to fake that confidence to get through till you organically start to feel it naturally. So I think for people, like advice I would give, if you are struggling to put yourself out there, if you're struggling to really build that self-confidence to go forward and take up space or show up as a leader in your own life in whatever capacity, it starts with dissecting the thoughts you have that are making you uncomfortable. And it's realizing you're not your thoughts. You can interrupt that negative internal dialogue, you know, interrupt the stream, question the validity of those thoughts, and then reframe them. Because a lot of the time, the things that we think that make us feel like we don't deserve to be confident, we don't deserve to be doing what we want to be doing. It is the interpretation of a situation and it is the thoughts we are allowing to perpetuate that end up create, creating the suffering. It's not what we're doing, it's not who we are, it's our interpretation of all of that. So I think it really comes with honing your ability to be a detached observer of your thoughts first and foremost, and then pushing through anyway even if you don't feel like it. That's really, really important. And it's one step at a time. Before you know it, two years down the line, you'll look back and you'll say, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> but it yes. really is a step-by-step thing. Totally. Because it's like the action, like that is what breeds the confidence. Like taking those small steps in the direction of where you want to go bit by bit will allow you to strengthen that confidence as opposed to run away just the moment that it gets scared, that you get scared. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think that's so important. Like when you were talking to the point that it would have been, it would have looked like to anyone else, you on that shoot, that you would have been so confident. You would have just, you know, this is radiating confidence, but really you also too, just like everyone has those moments of imposter syndrome, has those moments of self-doubt, questioning yourself and questioning, you know, your worth in those, even in those kind of really high moments. And so I think that's so important just for people to know that like, this is also natural. You are not alone in this. Everyone experiences this doubt, but it's what you choose to do with that experience. Are you going to let that, you know, make you run on home or are you going to keep moving through it? A hundred percent. And I think like, uh, unless you have lived a life that has been immensely sheltered from the society we're in and, you know, you don't own a TV, the an internet connection or things like that, you fed messages constantly. So naturally that kind of conditioning is going to show up in, in self-deprecating dialogue. We all experience it one way or another. We're told to justify our existence for living in our bodies the way that we are, our skin, you know, the, the spaces we choose to venture into. And it's because of what you've been told. So it's natural that with unlearning that, you're going to have moments where maybe you feel like you can't do it. 
but that's why that's where confidence that muscle of confidence is flexed it's when you push through anyway and you get stronger and stronger and stronger every time mm. So good. Love it. Love it. Love it. And Maria, we can't gloss over the fact that you're a Miss Universe finalist. So firstly, congratulations. That is a massive, massive achievement to get this far. Like that is so, so exciting. And so I'd love, I'm sure there's obviously, you've got some restrictions maybe in what you could share, but I'd love if you could just share a little bit about how this experience has changed your outlook on like what's possible and you know, what advice would you give or, or what, how can you talk to the fact that really this has inspired you to dream even bigger? Cause I imagine it would have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, just to be completely frank, and this is something I do often say it's no, I never thought, I never thought this would be an arena I would ever venture into. I never thought that I could represent my country. And to be, to be frank, Estelle, I've, I've seen public forums, you know, you know, you get, especially in, in this community, the pageant community, people go wild for it worldwide. And, you know, I have seen comments, like a, a lot of the time it is very loving and very supportive, but there have been comments that I've seen that, are, oh, you know, maybe she doesn't look Australian enough. And firstly, first and foremost, that is <laughs> a very big, um, it reflects a really problematic idea on what it is to be Australian, because first of all, <laughs> you know, unless you're an Indigenous Australian, uh, I think, mm. you know, we, we're all, we all came here through immigration. And That's right. Our, our country is built on multiculturalism. There is no one face of Australia. The face of Australia is the fact that we don't have one face. So I think that to me, like I, I really had to sort of tune out to all of that, but it did, it did sort of touch a nerve because growing up, that's something that I used to believe about myself because I had really Anglo-Celtic perceptions of what it is to really belong in this country. And I think, you know, growing up, th there are a lot of experiences and I don't like to, you know, I'm not someone who likes to, I guess, operate from a place of like a victim mindset because yes, I've had experiences with bullying, with racism, with objectification and thinking that there are certain spaces that I just can't show up in. But taking those experiences, being honest and authentic about it and using it to turn it into something powerful, that is behind everything that I do. And that's why I'm here in this space, taking up space in this realm. So, you know, I think if you've got a big dream, for me, when I first decided to participate in this program, it's because the women who did it last year were so different. None of them fit one mold. They were all very different in terms of what they wanted to do with the platform, how they looked, what their background and their beliefs and ambitions were. And that made me realize, oh my goodness, that could be a space for me to thrive too, because the fact is you don't need to fit a mold. So it's a credit to the organization because they are very incredible, I think, in terms of creating a safe space for women to do that. Um, and, and for me, it's changed my outlook because just getting this far, it's, it's like, wow, it, it makes me think, well, this platform, it is within arm's reach. And if I'm fortunate enough, it means I can amplify my, my mission and my vision for what I want to do with my life. I think if you've got a big dream, it's, I'm very big on the power of intention, the power of thought, and then backing that by purposeful action. Mm -hmm. If you've got a big dream, don't worry about the logistics. Keep the strength of your intention and match it with action where you can. And then that energy is going to inevitably attract people and opportunities to bring it to fruition. I mean, for me now, I'm sort of coming to the latter end of the year and I'm building, you know, this side project that I want to invest in. It's a community-based social enterprise. But a year ago, if you asked me, Maria, <laughs> what do you want to do? I knew I had this goal in my gut of 
I want to serve. I want to have a platform where I can serve and, and build a community, but I don't know how and I don't know what. But I didn't let myself get lost in logistics. I just took it day by day. And I was really conscious of how I thought about it and, and believing in myself so that when people showed up, when opportunities came up, I was open and receptive to it. Because half the time, we aren't able to see what's around us because of these limiting beliefs and these limiting ideas about our lives. So I think, you know, it's important to, when you're dreaming big, don't pay mind to the what if, what if this goes wrong, but I don't have this. Get out of that mindset of lack and loss and focus on what you can do. And if I may, I'm just going to say this because this was a full circle moment for me. Um, I had to film all my walks virtually because of coronavirus. <laughs> so oh, goddamn. Yeah, and it's all <laughs> going to get submitted through for a TV production. Wow. It's going to be unlike any other. But I will say I had nowhere to film my walks and my mum happened to reach out to the parish priest of the church that I used to go to in primary school. It's connected to my, it has, a, it has like a big hall and that's yeah. connected to my primary school. I grew up being, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, through to 11 years old doing PE lessons in that hall, um, assemblies. And I ended up filming my walks in that very hall. And for me, that was a really big full circle moment because the little girl that was doing these sports lessons in these halls and that was struggling with her own stuff, she never would have imagined she'd be back there 20 years ago doing exactly this. Oh my goodness. That is, you're seriously giving me shivers. That is so, so beautiful. What an incredible moment that is. It was just, oh, and I just thought of her, like when I, when I think a lot of the time, it's like, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing? What I'm thinking of her. And it's like, she would have been, she would be so proud and excited. And it's just, yeah, that was a full circle moment for me. And if I could do that, it's a really, really humble beginning. It's like, you know, my primary school is really small. It's, it's just this basic hall. But there I am. This is going into like a national production for Miss Universe. It's like, I just never would have thought that. So it's, it's very humbling. And it just reiterates for me the power of self-belief, intentional thoughts, and then matching that with action that's rooted in purposeful energy. I think that's really important. Yeah, that is so beautiful. You've, you break that down so well. And I love what you said around, you're essentially just following the breadcrumbs of what <laughs> felt exciting for you. And you may have never been able to unpack and, and appreciate that you wanted to do modeling, that you wanted to create a social enterprise, that you wanted to kind of do this work on a bigger scale, because that would have felt really far from where you were at the point, yeah. but you just took steps that felt good in the moment. And that led you to something that is really aligned with your purpose and how you want to show up in the world, which is so exciting. Thank you. And that's the best way to break it down. It's follow the breadcrumbs because we, we overwhelm ourselves with big dreams and big logistics. And it's like, if you listen and I look, I am a spiritual person, which is a whole other different conversation, not religious, mm. definitely spiritual. And I believe in trusting messages that you receive and tuning into that and just following it and believing in your gut. It'll never leave you. It would never lead you astray. Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, I, I would, it would be remiss of me not to ask you just a couple, a couple of beauty questions. So can I just, I mean, look, we're in the year of 2020 when we've been living in yoga pants and we're dreaming about putting on heels and I don't know, going out for dinner. So especially those of us in Melbourne. So can we just talk about a couple of beauty hacks or beauty trends that you're vibing right now? 
let's let's make us feel sexy for the end of 2020. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, I'm just going to give you a beauty hack for how I've lived in a Zoom world. Okay, Zoom laziness means skincare over makeup. So mm, for me, yes. it's like small, like small hacks to enhance glow. It's, okay, I'm going to opt for a bit of a glowy serum instead of putting on a foundation. A little bit of under eye concealer and mascara goes a long way. I think less is more. And I'm not sweating the small stuff. Like if I break out or if I do this or if I do that, it's fine. Like, it's mm. okay. I think this is a year, less is more. And and things like, you can just do small things to show up for yourself in the day. For example, if you've gone three days without washing your hair, because you, you know, you just, you just don't feel it, a little bit of dry shampoo, pop it in a ponytail, put some curls in, and you look like you have taken time to go get a salon quality ponytail. Do you know what I mean? Like little things like that. Totally. And I think, you know, but, but also don't, stop doing things to indulge in yourself just because you are home. I think that gives the message of, well, I'll show up for myself if I have somewhere to be, but you don't need an occasion. Like you are the occasion. So I think just do the stuff anyway, do little, little things that make you feel good, but also realize you don't have to do a lot to be your best self. So. Oh my God. I love that. You are the occasion. That is, that is, <laughs> that is so good. That is so good. And I feel like you're so right. Like it's not, it's about those small things that make the difference that add the little glow that make us feel like we've just put in that extra care um, into the way we feel. And I feel like, like I just, rem- I'm remembering a conversation with my husband where I was like, <laughs> I had fake tan. I needed him to put fake tan on. And he's like, babe, where are you going? I'm like, babe, it doesn't matter. Like off you go, keep doing the back. Like, this is <laughs> like it doesn't matter where we're going. It makes me feel good. That's what's happening. I think that's such a big thing. Like, okay, your husband, bless his soul. He probably was really just curious, but like, <laughs> like how often has it been like, okay, you might go to work and you might wear a little bit of a fancier outfit or you do your makeup and then maybe your work wife's like, Ooh, why'd you, why'd you put in more effort today? Like, where are you going? And it's like, I think we need to get used to stop, like to just not ask that question. Mm. I, let's normalize. I just did this because I felt like doing this for myself. That's it. Totally. Exactly. And if I see people, I don't see people. That's just not part of the, it's not part of the situation, guys. This is for me and I'm showing up and I'm feeling good. Amen. That's it. So good. Oh, so good. Well, we're going to dive into our final segment of the show, which is behind the scenes. And so it's where we get just a little bit deeper and real. Um, So I'd love if you could just share with us, Maria, I guess a recent situation where you were experiencing some self-doubt and how you navigated through that situation. Yeah, absolutely. I think a recent situation where I was experiencing self-doubt is, you know, it's been a really busy year, particularly the last few months. And uh, I had a little period where it was so busy that I was a bit burnt out. And then I started to get in my head a little bit because we all do about, you know, I've been speaking about this community and whether or not I can go forward and build this community-based social enterprise. I think it was maybe July and I started to get in my head about well, why, why, why am I someone who can do it? Who am I to do this? Again, that imposter syndrome. And it just came from, again, focusing on logistics of, well, well would people listen? Who would follow a page if I created one? Would people subscribe to it? You start to really get too deep into the what ifs. And the way that I overcame that self-doubt is by interrupting the negative stream of thoughts and just doing it anyway. And I went, okay, another little full circle moment. I went and I registered the name for this business that came to me. I just went and I did it anyway. And I realized by looking back on a journal that exactly a year ago to the day that I registered the business name, I had actually written a journal entry to myself saying, 
I know it was something along the lines of, I know that what I want to do is rooted in service and I want it to give back, but I don't know what my, what, what is my unique capability that's going to be a gift to other people. I just need to ask the questions and I hope to find out what it is. A year ago, that was what wow. I had done. And a year to the date, I had gone and registered the business name of the community-based social enterprise that I was determined to create. And that gave me chills because I, I, I forgot that I had written that. So you, you ask the questions, you believe in yourself, you do it anyway, things happen. Oh, I love that. And there's no coincidences. There ain't no such thing that no, was meant to happen. I, and that is, that's awesome. I love that. So excited to hear more about it. When you do share your social enterprise, that's really, really exciting. And so Maria, what's an area of your life that you're trying to improve in at the moment? Definitely diet. Um, because I think, you know, being really focused on living mindfully and consciously, I've been able to translate this into feeding my mind, into moving my body, you know, honoring my body through exercise. I've got a super, I'm, I'm proud of my relationship there, but diet is something I've struggled with because I didn't really grow up learning a lot about that. So I think, you know, yeah. you can't live holistically and, and consciously without realizing that everything we do is interconnected and what we put into our bodies is so important. So I think that is something that I do want to improve in. I want to be eating more consciously to you know, nourish my body instead of just eating absentmindedly and, and just going yeah. like all was done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like um, the topic of health is definitely something that is on people's minds naturally this year and how they can be more conscious in the way that they consume foods and the way that they move their body, don't move their body and the decisions that they make. It's like, I feel like, yeah, the conversation around health and wellness is, is so important. A hundred percent. So good. And so for our final question, what is your recent fierce female moment? So a moment where you felt proud to be yourself. I think it definitely was because this is just the weekend. It was when I was filming a swim walk in my primary school hall while I was doing those oh classes. God. When I ended up looking back on the footage, I, I had a moment where I was like, oh my God, like that's me. And you know, I'm someone who I felt really awkward initially when I first started like making little fashion videos where I was walking because I was thinking, what are people going to think? Who do I think I am? Whatever it is. And here I was a year later, like so proud of the fact that you can say what you want about the walk, but I was walking confidently in my own skin. It was like, this is me. Do you know what I mean? And I watched that back and I thought, I'm proud of this. I'm proud to put this forward, irrespective of what happens. That's me. And I'm proud of myself. So I think, yeah, it took a lot to get to that point and it definitely That was. is so beautiful. Oh, I love that. That is so powerful because like exactly what you said before, it's a full circle moment for yourself, but it's like you're being the vision and the example for other women and what a low on effect that's going to have, you know, on the collective, on different generations. Like that's just, it's, it's beautiful. It's so exciting. Thank you. I really appreciate the sweet words. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So girlfriend, tell us where we can find you. Yep. Anyone wants to reach out to you and find out more about you, where can they find you? Absolutely. Well, you can find me on Instagram. So my name's Maria Patel. You'll probably find it written up in the description of this episode. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, although it is a little bit older, but I'm planning on making a return. And <laughs> You will be able to find me once my community-based social enterprise launches. Hopefully by the end of the year, God willing, COVID doesn't put any more halts and stops in my plans. <laughs> but 
you know, if you do look for me, know that my, my inbox and my messages are always open. I love to connect. I love to add people to the community I've created on there. So I look forward to hearing from you. And Estelle, thank you for honoring me with the opportunity to come on here and to share a little bit of my thoughts and, and my journey and to speak with you on things that we both align on. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. It's been amazing to have your intelligence, your wisdom, your energy. And I'm just so excited to put this conversation out there. So thanks so much, girlfriend. Thank you. The pleasure was all mine. All mine. If you're vibing the show, please leave us a review. We would love to be of value to more fierce females and you can totally help us grow. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Fierce Female Co. And don't forget to share this episode podcast on your Instagram story. Tag us and share your top takeaway. I would love to know what you got out of the show. And this is really a great way for you to think about what value this brought to you and how you might use this in your own life. I love you. Thank you for listening. Wishing you all the love, light and fierceness. And we'll see you soon.